On today's podcast, we have Sam Taggart. Sam is the founder of the D2D Association. He also started Door to Door Con. He's the author of ABCs of Closing. He has his own podcast. He's a public speaker. He's the CEO of Door to Door Experts. He's built a seven figure consulting business in under three years in the door to door industry. He's consulted over 250 businesses nationwide, specifically on door to door. Mostly just Sam is the face of door to door. And what I love about Sam is he crushed it while he was doing door to door. He sold over 400 alarm accounts in his third year of doing alarms. He's the number one rep out of 2,500 reps. He definitely knows what he trains people on. And so I'm, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. So let's jump into it. Sam, welcome, dude. Here, I'm ready. What's I've been up? so stoked for this episode. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, just some of our guys that work with you, they love you. They think the world of you. So I've been looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I, I, I love a lot of your guys. I mean, a couple of them came to the Closer School Live event we just had in Vegas last week. That's right, huh? And uh, Hunter that. and the yeah. Mastermind. And it's just been cool to kind of see, like, oh, you're with Empower right on. <laughs> love those guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> And we haven't even, like, hung out I know. or not yet. It's I saw funny. you on Instagram. I was like, okay. Hunter's like, dude, you love Brandon. I was like, and I looked you up, and I was like, yeah, I love Brandon. You're wake surfing, <laughs> and you're freaking doing all the things. I'm like, okay, he's my vibe. He's my vibe. Sweet, man. Well, we got to connect more outside of this, but... For me, like when I watch you, you have such a unique perspective that nobody else gets to see because you get to go underneath the hood of all these different door-to-door companies. And so I just want to pick your brain on a lot of different subjects. But the first thing is, in your experience, what do you think is so different about door-to-door sales versus all other types of sales? It's a great question because we just hosted this Closer School Live event where I called up Bradley who kind of comes from the car sales world and Andy Elliott who comes from the car sales world. And we said, Hey, let's bring each other's audiences all under one roof and teach sales. And so we had a bunch of solar roofing, fitness, coaching, insurance sales, car sales. And so it was just this cluster of salespeople. And I was like, so I get up there obviously with my own little ego of like, where are my door to door people at? (laughs) And there's probably 50% of the room or more, maybe even 70% of the room. And I was like, what's up? And I could just tell like, there were probably five or six people that like sold other random stuff from software to other sales that come up to me and they're like, so tell me about solar. (laughs) It was so nuts. Yeah, dude. People were just like, am I in the wrong sales? Cause I had so many solar reps there that it almost created this like biasism around even the content. Like Andy started like riffing on, if I were in solar, this is what I would say. Cause he was like, damn, I'm realizing that there's not as many car salespeople as there are solar salespeople here. And it just kind of gave this like ego of like, yeah, that's what sells. These are my people. And (laughs) Like you could tell they're hustlers. Like, yeah, they had a bunch of car sales or other sales, like retail type sales that aren't so much, I got to go beat the streets, carnivore type sale. They're more herbivore or omnivore type gatherers. You know, if somebody comes onto your lot, then you're like, I got them. But like, it was cool to watch the different energies around people that are willing to go beat the streets and even just how they show up in a conference. And like the sense they're like right on the edge of their seats, they're hungry, you know, they're not passive, but they're active type people. Sure. It's really interesting. Because you only eat what you kill. Yeah. And that's very unique, right? You're not on a 50K salary where you're kind of coasting either way. Yeah. So, so interesting. I've always wanted to, to explore that a little bit more. Looking at your LinkedIn today, this was so sick. I'm like, oh my gosh, you started as sales rep, then you went to manager, then like regional VP. Then you started your own company. Have you ever looked at that and realized like you have the textbook journey? I do. Like, and what's funny is even my first year selling. So I started alarms when my first year was 2008 yeah. and I did 80 accounts. Like it wasn't like, oh, right out the gate, he does 400. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I did 168 the next year and then I did 300 and then wow. I did, you know what I mean? And, and then I did 400. So it was like every year. I incrementally got better too. And that's where I think giving hope to those that are maybe like in their first year or second year. And they're yeah. like, man, I, cause I remember looking at the top guys in the industry. Like how do they do that? They're right? Like, what the hell? Like yeah. they're doing how many in a week? Like totally. I'm freaking beating the streets, doing the same stuff, saying the th- same things they are, you know, and it's funny. Like I look back the year I did 400, I was, you know, top rep at Vivian and all this stuff. And people would come up to me and be like, what's your pitch? I'm like, it's the same pitch you're given. It was that difference of like, I expected more from myself every day. I was consistent every day. 
I've found like the little millimeter differences that maybe pushed that one legger a little bit more or got mm-hmm. that later deal or didn't get the call back as much and I could close. You know what I mean? But it was like totally. the pitch was the same stuff, like very, very micro differences between my 400 year and my 800 or 80 account year. And then, you know, I remember that time that guy was like, Keith Dyer, he owned Platinum. And he comes up to me, he's like, Sam, I want you to manage. And I'm like, me manage? No. Like, I was like, I don't even think I want to do this another year. I'm done. Like, knock doors? Hell no. Like, I remember I was ready to quit, you know? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this long term. And he was like, no, you should manage. He sold me on like recruiting. And I was like, okay. And it was my third year that I started recruiting. One of my biggest regrets is not recruiting earlier. You For know what sure. I mean? Like, oh, shoot, I could have managed. And yeah. My face got kicked in two years of managing. I lost all my reps. You know, anybody that can relate to that where they're like, I'm a manager. And it's like, no, you're just a good sales rep that sucks at managing. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go through this manager learning curve, just like you did a sales learning curve. And then, you know, I was VP and regional and moved my way up. But I mean, pretty textbook story, if you think about yeah, it. Just a very progressive journey. And in that journey, obviously, there's a lot of like ups and downs and forward and backwards. But when you zoom out, it's like, Dude, you progressed. Yeah. There's a couple of cool things that you just said. So the first I want to dive into is I've always kind of thought in door to door, your first year is like just kind of a wash. Like don't come in with any expectations. Just if you just learn how to do this, that's a win. Yeah. And then usually like a lot of people double their second year. It's hard to keep doubling. You did for three years. It sounds like, or two years. That's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen anybody double on their third year like you did going from 160 to 300 but what's your view on that with the first year like what should a person's expectations be coming into door-to-door yeah i think you know it's funny expectations is a huge element so my very first day in alarms and you can relate i sold five on your first, first day? day nobody said anything what? like i just show up on a friday saturday it kicks me in the streets and he's like good luck and i'm 18 you know i'm just like this little punk i'm like yeah I call him at lunch i was like hey any more paperwork and he's like would you mess up or something? I was like, no, you only give me three folders. Like, and Dude, like the 24-year-olds in that office that oh, sold for four years are like, who's I Dude, I show up, I'm 18, they're all 25, married, yeah. you know what I mean? And then Monday's Working meeting. everything they have. And they were looked at me and they were like, who are you? And I was like, well, what's normal? And they were like, well, if you could do one a day, that would be phenomenal for your first year. And so I have an interesting relation to expectations because – my expe- it can hurt you. It too. can hurt you. Yeah. And I, I come in where I painted addresses on the curbs all through high school. So I was selling 10, 20 curbs a day, knocking doors. So it wasn't like my first real door to door job when I was 18. Yeah. So I had door to door experience since I was 11. And all growing up, that's all I did. So my expectation mm. was like, if I could paint a curb, I could sell an alarm. Or if I could sell, you know what I mean? So then when I got into solar, totally. it was like, well, if I could sell an alarm, I could sell solar. And I was really scared to switch, right? Like I was like, oh, it's $30,000, it's a big ticket, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I go out and I went eight for eight what? solar. Like eight doors, eight what? appointments, eight deals, three of them canceled. But I was like, and I hadn't even told people I was leaving alarms yet. Like <laughs> I was like, let me try it out. Did my toe in like covert here in Utah. This is like, you know, kind of fall right after summer in 2015. And, uh, I'm like, are you effing kidding me? How much did I make? And like, I only work for like three hours a day. You wow. know what I mean? I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, peace, baby. <laughs> for like, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, better. I know. I was like, this is even easier than the alarms. It's like, it's free, dude. I'm not having to twist somebody's arm being like, what if your kids get broken into? You know what I mean? I was oh, like, you've been hearing it the security companies last couple of years. There's no money in solar yeah. or whatever, you know? My first eight. Yeah. I mean, I'd, but I mean, I was like, oh, fudge, it takes forever to get paid and all that other stuff. Like there's, so there's some downside to that. But like yeah. at the end of the day, I was like doing the math in my head. I'm like, well, how many hours I worked? How many people said no? Like, you know what I mean? I was like, no, he said no. That's a weird feeling. Like, totally. you know, and it's Utah then got saturated like more and whatnot. But yeah. like, but just to see like my first week going out and doing eight for eight. And I was just like, damn, this is too easy. Like, and it gave me confidence, but my expectations were like, I'm gonna be the best. That's cool. So I, I caution management on setting too low of expectations, but if you set too high of expectations, you get disappointment where people come in, they're like, I'm gonna make a hundred grand my first year. And then maybe make 30 or 40. And I'm like, dude, but what's crazy is you can give yourself 150% raise the next year because you now are a veteran. And so if you have this like element of, Wow, I doubled, 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 doubled. And I did that for a lot. What other job can you do that? 
It's like maybe you took so a hit rare. in the negative because you could have gotten a salary for eighty grand a year. Yeah. But where can you go the next year and the next year to double triple that? Totally. How, when so obviously you came in and you just crushed. Had you had any moments in your life prior to that where you knew that you could just go like crush everybody else? Because being the top rep in Vivint, how many reps were there at the time? Probably 2,500. 2,500. So that's such a huge, significant accomplishment where you could be like, okay, I could do anything in this world. Had you had that moment before that? No. Like what's funny is so I, so let's go back to week two. So day one, Saturday, do five. Week two, do five the whole week, right? Because okay. they superimposed that expectation. That new expectation. Right? But you were also probably not the norm. Yeah, and I wasn't right? the norm. Like, I was naturally good at a lot of things. Like, yeah. you say, Sam, here's a squash ball. I've never played squash. I'm going to be pretty decent at it. Or, Sam, here's a guitar. I picked up guitar super fast. Or here's, you know, like, it's funny. I went to a facial reading and a guy that just reads your eyebrows, eyes, ear, like, like locations, nostrils, like literally just looks at you, spends okay. 30 minutes analyzing me. I didn't say anything, doesn't know me from Adam, and he's coming to my sales event. Like, or he came to this closer school lab, but he's coming to my event in a couple weeks. Unbelievable. I was like, dude, everybody needs to like learn what the freak you just did. <laughs> but he goes, based on your forehead, you seem to learn and pick things up twice as fast as everybody else picks things wow. up. And I go, based on my forehead, you just said, okay, cool. But wow. then he goes and reads everybody else. And then I was like, holy shit, you're accurate on every single person. Really? And I know them. And he spends, really? he wasn't like, you're going to be a nice guy. Like he was like, well, you seem to have this flaw. And then you have these frustrations and like super detailed. And I was like, how do you know this? So like, it was interesting hearing. He's like, you pick things up two times faster than the average person. And that frustrates you when people are slow learners. Yeah. So I just naturally can see something, watch them do it, and then model it really quick. And I think that's a skill set that some people need to work on developing is see one, do it, model it, and then go implement and execute on it really quick. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was I, I looked at like, okay, if that guy could be the top, I never saw myself as number one. Like even that year I finished number one, it wasn't my goal to be the top rep. Like I never was an aspiring like ego. I'm going to be the best at this. You were just going for it. I was just like, I'm going to go every day and kick everybody's butt daily. And I, it was probably three quarters through the summer that I was like, I'm still number one. I thought people would catch up and pass me by now. Like legitimately, I was like, wow, like maybe I could finish number one. Like that's when I set the goal to finish number one is three quarters through the summer. I was just like wow. kind of cranking and just doing my thing. And then I looked yeah. up and I was like, there's the finish line. Might as well not putts out, you know, you don't finish yeah. slow. <laughs> like, But so with like sports or anything else, you never had that moment where you're like, I'm probably the best at what I do. No, I was the sixth man on the basketball team. I was the freaking like, didn't get the hot chick. Yeah. Like I was, no, See, not that, at all. That is the sickest thing ever because so often people come into this industry and they're just like, well, I've never really been great at anything no i was like, like average at everything i was like yeah. i was quick at learning but never the best at anything like yeah. i was like i had dabbled in a lot of cool stuff like you get me on a wake surf yeah i can get up you get me on a wakeboard yeah, i can clear the wake can i do flips and shit no like yeah. you get me on like skis i'm like yeah all my friends are like badass doing double backflips i'm like yeah i'll clear the jumps like you know i'll do a That's grab cool. like i just was pretty good at a lot of things but what was interesting is i'm pretty damn committed with my work ethic like I think that's where it's funny. Like I look at alarms. My best week ever is 29. I could list 50 people that have had better weeks than 29, but I was consistently over 20 every week. Mm. That's the difference between For me sure. and the ever, like the best guys is I was like, you just didn't see me get zero in a day. It would be nine thirty at night, and I'm like, I'm coming home freaking selling. Same thing in solar. It was like I watched these guys get leads and appointments and all this stuff, and I'm like, I was a VP of sales at 100 something reps, and I was like. Uh, I'm not taking any leads and I'm going to go knock down the street in our backyard and I'm going to sell every effing day. And if I'm going out, I'm getting sales. And guys would watch me same day every time I went out and they're like, okay, like, and it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like running around looking for lights on and I'm just, I had this motto of like, if I'm going to knock, you better believe I'm coming home with a deal no matter what. Yeah. That was and the difference, I think. I think also, I don't know this for sure because I don't know you that well, but it seems like you're willing just to be vulnerable and you don't care about failure. And no. I think that goes a long ways in this industry. I think here's a funny. So I had a goal to do 300 the year I did 400. Okay. So that goes to show you, I didn't even set out to do my number one thing. Wow. 
And I'm sitting there at like 270. And I'm like, shoot, I could have, I had a 300 by like next week. Like I was like, damn, I'm close. And I got like three or four more weeks. I was like, what? Well, maybe I'll shoot for like 350. And then I have like two really big weeks. And I was like, okay, maybe 375. Wow. <laughs> so, but then I was like so afraid to put number one and 400 because I was psyching myself out. I was like, what if I put 400 as my goal and didn't hit it? I'm going to feel like a failure. And I was so scared to tell anybody. And I was like, what's going to be something I can say and I can do and not fail at? And I realized that was limiting me. And mm. I was like, okay, what if I actually just put the damn goal as 400, have a killer finish of the year? Even though I don't know, I've never hit that big of a month. I've never had that many. I, I would have to do ridiculous numbers to hit it. And I'm like burning out or whatever. Yeah. But like, I looked at it and I'm like, okay. Then I don't hit it. At least I said it and I tried. Like, what's the ego going to let me do less? And I watch people's ego get in the way of failure. Mm. And I'm like, but that's really what the failure is, is having the ego. So true. And you hit it. And I hit it. And I did it. And I was like, wow, I did it. What was the exact number? 403. Like, 403. That is so sick. I had a one customer by four accounts the oh last my day. Gosh. My car was packed. And I was like, a four banger, done, peace. No way. <laughs> I was like, ow. Was that in a four-month period? <laughs> oh, no. I had, a, I had preseason going okay. in. But like, I, fin- I mean, I didn't do extension or anything. Let's talk about leadership because I've also seen a, some of the best sales reps make some of the worst leaders initially dude i failed for right? two years i sucked like but i still am okay because leader. like you're over here just thinking you're a total bad a you're crushing and then you go into this new role and you're like dude i just am sucking well the difference is think it's where's the lens where's the focus when it's selling it's you yeah when it's leading you have to take the focus off you it's like the total opposite. It's the opposite right? of you. Yeah. And the problem is there's so many best sales reps, like they are the best sales reps because they're just trying to get in the spotlight more and more. Yeah. They care about the competition, the chase, the winning, look at me, the dopamine. Yeah. And all of a sudden you become the leader and it's look at you, look at you, look at you. You're going to be the best. And a lot of times they try to steal that spotlight and then the reps are like, well, you just care about you. You don't care about me. And I'm like, like, how do you have the balance, right? <laughs> yeah. And that is something you have to learn. You have to say, that's again, if you let the ego get in the way of leadership, you're make a terrible leader. Totally. But it for me, it's like, look, you mastered selling. You just have to master this. And you're starting at ground zero, just like you had to start at ground zero over here. 100%. It just takes time. But it's, it's almost like some of the things that make you so great over here are actually going to cause you to fail and hurt over here, right? Like being selfish. You have to kind of be selfish in a way to just, I need to go out here. I need to have my own time management. I need to be able to work this schedule and do everything for me. But then when you come over here, like you have to be serving others to win. 100%. What are some lessons that you learned just in selling, not in leadership, like top takeaways over the couple of years that you were just selling? I think a big one, the first one that comes to my mind is it is in your control more than you think it is. I think a lot of people are like, I'm just out here looking for customers that are interested in buying. Yeah, like the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, you as a influencer and wordsmith ha- and energy and personality have the opportunity to turn a no into a yes. And when you can own that story, yeah, then all of a sudden those two, three objections are initially hitting you with, you're just like... Fun. Those are cute. Okay, watch this. Well, bam, well, bam. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like, sick. Like, if you had the mentality of, like, everyone's an effing customer until they're not, then I would, I, I, I promise all of a sudden you'll start to see bigger results. And what's interesting is that correlates into, like, life. Like, you see these obstacles, you see these, you know, it's like I was watching these dirt bike videos in the corner of my eye on your little screen up here. And yeah. I'm like, they look at some obstacles, these big walls, these big hills, and they're like, fuck, I'm not going up that. And then other dirt bikers are like, that's what makes the best ride. Like, let's go. And you're just like, really? Oh, okay. And like, yeah. but it's like the obstacle is the way it's like learning how to overcome those makes sales so much more fun. In my so opinion. true. What percentage of being successful in sales, like we're talking individual contributor, not leadership, do you think is just energy and being a, a good people person? Like, for example, I think we can all think of sales where we could have been selling any product and we know that person would have bought from us just because our energy was right on. They liked us. We Whatever we did caused them just to be like, this guy's sick. I'm talking to him. Uh, I mean, sales is a transfer of energy and trust and authenticity, and it's a relationship. And, you know, it's interesting, like switching from different products. Now I've sold all sorts of products because, like, 
I'll just drop ship in, new product, new shirt, new territory. And it's like, go sell, Sam. I'm like, like, okay. And what's funny is like in my closer school live, like I was up there pitching insurance. I'm like, I don't know if I sold it insurance and these guys are like holy fetch can you do that again they like film no it and, like they've been doing it for 10 years and they, wow. that was amazing and i'm like wow. i learned it's a framework it's yeah. like math and also it's about how you say it when you say it the tones the the pace but i'm like i honestly was just showing up as sam though more importantly it's like this is already in me yeah. because i'm genuine i want yeah. to help you and I want to do it in a very smooth, easy, comfortable way. And they saw that, and they're just like, oh, yeah, you're just, like, good at sales, aren't you? I was like, oh, I'm the one up here training. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the same thing. It's, it doesn't matter the product. Yeah. What a, so those are awesome takeaways. I, I love what you said about sales. You're in control more than you think. What are some of those with leadership? What are your big takeaways? I think leadership is one of the most profitable, fulfilling currencies in the world. If you think about it, like as a currency, like people with good leadership skills are always going to be employed. They're always going to have following. They're always going to have loyalty. They're always going to have, you know, ability to create change and make impacts. And so if you like take it as like, what is my equity or currency in leadership today? Um, Like my deposits, like a bank account. Yeah. Um, it's an easier way to measure your influence. And so, for example, I was at one solar company and then I got fired and went to another solar company. Long story. But it was just they didn't have their operations together. I was trying to get paid. They were like, crap, we made a bad deal with you. we got to let you go. And I was like, what? And they were like, oh, well, I think everybody's going to stay. And I was like, no, you have not made any deposits with all of these reps. And so, you know, when I showed up, there's five reps and I helped build, recruit, train, manage for over three months all of these reps and you guys aren't even in the picture, but you have a position, you have an owner title and a president title. Yeah. Yet I had influence, influence. currency. Yeah. So when I got fired, I get a thousand phone calls like, Sam, what's going on? What are we doing? What's happening? Like, I'm like, just hold tight. And then two weeks later, literally 70 of the 80 reps gone. Wow. And they're dropping their, like, they're just like, what do we need to pay you? What do we need to do? What do you, and I go, you made your choice. You know what I mean? And I was just like, there's no uh, substitute for that influence as much as you think, like, just because you're the manager doesn't mean they're listening to you. Yeah. Just because you recruited them doesn't mean they like you and are listening to you and you're now their boss. Yeah. Like, you have to make actual deposits and build influence with that currency. And then all of a sudden you can see serious impact. And my favorite lesson I've learned is just, I don't care about the money anymore. I care about the DMs I get on a daily that's like, dude, your podcast or this event. Like, I mean, right now my phone's blowing up with people from, you know, I had 250 people at this event last weekend. Sure. And people were like, oh my gosh, I just had my biggest day. Oh my gosh, I just had this. Oh my gosh, me and my wife are happier. Oh my gosh. Like, and mm. I'm just like, hell yeah. That's like, the fuel. That's my fuel. Like, yeah. that is so fun. I'm like, you could have paid me nothing and that would have been epic. Totally. Yeah, that's so cool, man. What do you think, like, as you look at all these guys that are just killing it, because you, you get to talk with all of them, what do you think they all have in common? All the, let's say the top 30%, and then I want to know, like, the Golden Doors, like the top 5%. What's different about those two groups? Guys, Golden Doors, like, top 1%. 1%. Are, yeah, I would say okay. it's like, if you're if you're out there selling and you're on track, like, you better freaking not give up, like, and do 100 accounts. It's 130 installs, Golden Door, I want to see you guys up on that main stage, like, that should be somebody, everybody in solar that's been doing this two, three years, that should be like no no less than I'm on that main stage at DDDCon. Just throw that out there. Yeah. And it's been fun to interview and see the dynamics. I've seen females, old, young, black, white, Mexican, Asian, like every style. Like a lot of people think they're like, oh, it's got to be some pretty white boy from Utah. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's actually interesting to see the dynamics of that 1%. And the difference between, okay, let's say the top 20% or 30% and that top 1% is honestly consistency. The top 20, 30% say the same stuff, have the same close ratios, have the same opportunity, but the top 1% did it consistently all year. And they didn't like sit there and have this peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys and, oh, I made 20 grand this week and then take a week yeah. off. It was like, I made 20 grand this week and I'm going to make 20 grand next week. And I'm gonna make, you know what I mean? It was just, they know every day I've got to fill my calendar with three appointments and that's it. 
Like, if I don't have three or four appointments on my calendar, I'm doing whatever it takes. I have three or four appointments every day, and that's how I do my day. And I think a lot of solar reps get into the rhythm of, well, I don't have any appointments today, so um, I guess I'm going to the beach. <laughs> it's like, totally. you know what I mean? And you're like, uh, no, you go make those appointments. Like, Do you see there's more complacency in solar because the checks and like the commission per deal is a lot higher than other industries, yeah, it's right? Because people are caring too much about their Friday paycheck yeah. more than they care about the leaderboard. Yeah. So true. That's why I said, you guys need to make a commitment to be on the main stage and get a golden door more so than just like, I need to make a lot of money. A lot of money is so subjective to Bill Gates. A lot of money is billions of dollars. Like whatever we make in a lifetime would be like, that's a chip change. You know what I mean? Like, but to, you, most average person in this industry, like 100 grand is a lot of money. Yeah. 150 grand is a lot of money. And I'm like, that's all relative. So it's even relative to that same person as they as have they time change. in the industry, yeah. right? Because it's crazy. I see a guy going making 50 grand, goes and gets into solar, he goes and makes 200 grand the next year. And then it's like, he's complacent as 200. And I'm like, is that a lot of money? Like, you know what I mean? And totally. you can't see it. He plateaus out. I'm like, yeah. in your head, you have not changed your associated identity to what's a lot of money. Yeah. If you had a nephew came to you right now and he's like, Sam, I'm 18. I just graduated high school. I, I watched you. You killed it in this industry. I literally just had a nephew. You, you have this. Yeah, okay. his name's, I, it's this with is you. Sick. Is he selling with you? I Hold on. Know. Let me literally look up the Instagram. This is like literally last week. So long lost nephew is adopted and uh, straight up hits me up and he's like, hey, you remember me? I was like, where you been, dude? Um <laughs> I will find this DM like right now because he literally just moved to California and started selling solar. And weirdly, really? I think it was with you guys. So I will try to find it after this. But yes, just so, happened. So when he comes to you and you have the quick conversation of like, Sam, what do I need to do? What advice? Like, what are the three to five things you're saying? Go do this. I like, said, so I, I literally responded. That is so funny. <laughs> um, so not nephew, but cousin. Okay. So nephew, Same I would know. He was my cousin. Never coming yeah. to you with advice. Long lost cousin. So he, uh, first thing I responded, I said, you better freaking milk the podcast for what it's worth. Like this podcast, my podcast, DD podcast. I said, dude, there's 268 episodes right now of fire. Lots of top knowledge reps, in there. knowledge, yeah. owners, money, all sorts of cool concepts. And so I was like, you better train. And I was like, if you're smart, you get DDDU or something to support that where it gives you actual, you know, like go listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. That's one thing. Yeah. Which is great. But it's not going to give you step by step. Do this, say this, do this. Sure. And I watched um, people that I was really close with last year. You know, they'd go on these blitzes. They'd do like zero, one. And I'm like, dude, I, you have access to DDDU. How often do you watch it? And I go log in. I'm like, you haven't even watched the good stuff. Mm. Like, what do you mean? I was like, dude. Literally verbatim, we say, say this, say this, say this. And I was like, repeat after me. And they're like, couldn't do it. And I go, until you can repeat after me verbatim, the tone, the pace, the way we say every single line in the whole presentation down to the close, down to the tempo, you better not listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. For sure. And so she's like, okay. And so she spends a week watching the videos, right? And she goes on the next split. She does seven that week. And I was like, there you go. The difference between your last blitz was, was one and this blitz, which was seven, was you actually could repeat the presentation, the close, the objection handling lines, and you knew the lines to say. Just re- copy it. It expedites your whole journey, Yeah, right? I was like, why would it be? And she's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I watch this eight months ago and eight blitzes ago? And I go, I don't know. Like, it's sitting there. It's sitting there. You're just being an idiot not paying attention. <laughs> You're cool watching your YouTube videos and your funny TikToks and shit. And I'm like... You consume and train and train and train, and that's how I got good, and that's how a lot of these top reps I've watched is I'm like, what did you do initially in your first year, second year? And consistently, it was they had good content and repetition on that content, and they could like, with their eyes closed, upside down, like doing sit-ups on a freaking bar, they could like repeat the freaking close. That, That to me is a fascinating topic because you look at sports, people practice their swing over and over and over, and they'll have somebody look at it and tweak this and tweak that. And in sales... If anything, sometimes they'll do content, but they still miss the repetition. No, they're not like practicing. Like, yeah. It's not it's not like I consumed a video. It's like no 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 no. It doesn't work it like doesn't that. It doesn't work that way. And yeah. if you're practicing on the doors just because you're knocking, it's just just cause like Charles Barkley swings a golf club a thousand times doesn't make him good at swinging a golf club. Yeah. Until somebody sits there and watches you, watches critiques you it, and, and you get you. feedback and you're like, dude, why do you freaking look like an idiot swinging a golf club? It's like, oh, why didn't somebody tell me? You can go do the wrong thing on the doors a long time, and this job's gonna suck. That's crazy, man, that 
your cousin just came out of the woodwork because it's like those the answers that you give there it's so applicable to anybody listening yes. right do this do this do this and i was and like it's gonna work and out. don't make an excuse the other thing is i would say don't make an excuse of why you're not going to be good at this like every time people play these victim mentalities it pissed me off it's like oh it's hard or my training or my manager or my area or my marketing or my this or that and i'm like are you effing kidding me? I could give you for every excuse you just made, I'd give you a hundred reps that would run circles around you that are in the same exact scenario. Yeah. So take ownership of your damn results and just get better. My favorite thing about the industry is it's open to anybody. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't care. And There's people, neighborhoods all around here and anywhere. They're open. doesn't matter if you're tall, short, white, black, what your education is, what it's not, what your income level is. It doesn't matter. So it's free just game. sitting there. Free game. Sitting there wide Which open. very few places has that same opportunity. Yeah, totally. And it's just right there. No hoops. You drive your car, you get Park, out, and you go. Start. So sick. Uh, let's talk about investing because one of the, I think, the, the downsides of the industry that I think is being fixed overall is the industry's always had this rep for people make a lot of money, but they live paycheck to paycheck every year. And so I think in, investing will really help this be perceived as like a blue collar to more of a white collar type of industry. So when did you start investing? Right at the beginning. You did from day yeah. one. And so like the New Yorker just came out yesterday. Did you see that article? No. So they, for the last eight months have been following me around knocking with me like crazy, like, wow. But they just wrote a 20 page article that on door to door that I highly recommend everybody go check out and, and me. And it was interesting to watch because they interviewed a bunch of reps and owners and all these people I connected them with. And, you know, they kind of, you could tell they, like the, the interviewer, Tad, the writer, yeah, um, he was like, man, all these people seem about the flash, the money, the next shoes, the next car. He goes, even in, he's like, because he went to DoorDorkon, the author, and it finally published. Like, I'm talking like this. He writes two articles a year. And wow. he's like... I go to DoorDorkon and everybody's talking about their cars and they're wearing their Nike shoes and they're all wearing bling and they're all fit. And I'm like, you could tell how vain this industry gets about yeah. an external presence. For sure. And I don't talk about it enough in my opinion, but when I was 21, I remember getting home from my mission and I was like, I have to make 80 grand this summer so that I can put a down payment on a house because I don't want to rent. So I bought a duplex, 20, 21, live in the basement, I ran up the upstairs, and wow. I got my first duplex. House hacking right yeah, out of the Yeah, house gates. hacking at 21 years old. Sick. That $220,000 house, four years later, sold for 400 and something thousand. You know, it's like I happened to time the market great. But every year I made it a mission. So that year I bought a duplex. The next year I bought another duplex. The next year I bought a fourplex. The next year I bought two fourplexes. The next year I bought a, you know, and I just kept buying because I said it forced me to stay broke, but it forced my money to go into some vehicle that knew it was going to pay dividends. Yeah. And so now I've been able to acquire over a hundred doors and, you know, have investments in multiple States and syndications and, um, from, and also crypto and, and private money and lending and all sorts of cool stuff I've been yeah. able to do that to diversify. And I found had I had not the discipline, cause I drove a Kia. I was the guy at Vivint. I was a number one rep. I drove a Kia. I had a ponytail. I wore DI and like clothes that I just literally got at thrift stores, like genie pants and shit. Like everybody was like, <laughs> I remember going on these trips and I'm walking out to do a training and my ex, she's like, you're going to wear that? I was like, yeah. She's like, really? I was like, yeah. I actually found it fun to make fun of all the dumb summer sales sweet bros that drove yeah. their beamers and big everything trucks. Everything was perfect. And everything, they're a yeah. new car every year, clothes, new boat every year, yeah. new clothes, G-Star jeans and shit. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm buying more real estate. And I watched these guys be so dumb. And now I'm laughing to the bank because I have literally the cash flow I have. <laughs> I don't have to work. I choose to work. Like, yeah. And there's people that I've come to find that have been in this industry for 10 plus years, same kind of stories, same even results that I'd be like, Oh, like, Hey, can you do this or that? And they're just like, Oh man, I'm struggling right now. I'm like, you're, you're, you're what? Like, you don't like what, where'd you put all your money? They're like, I, I mean, I have a house. Wow. <laughs> oh, they're like almost in the exact same, the exact there. same block. Yeah. I'm like, what did you just do? You're an idiot. And if I could, I, dude, I'm like, if I could beat it into somebody's head right now, 
with how much money you can make in solar. And I remember going to consulting this company. There's this 22 year old kid. He just made a hundred thousand dollars his first month or not first month, but like the month before he, I showed up, he's like 21, 22. He's got his Louis Vuitton wallet, his Louis Vuitton shoes, his Louis Vuitton this. He just bought a Tesla. And I was like, cool, man. You're like 22. You're driving your damn Tesla. He's like, oh, it's for a cruise. And I was like, cool, man. Like, you're still, you're going to be one of those broke ass kids that burns out in a year and be like, and I'm like, how about before you buy all that shit, go buy like some real estate and then go do that. So it feels like you were definitely an anomaly starting from day one. Like that you've seen a lot of door-to-door companies that's not normal right i was just taught like so most who people taught you that my dad like my so dad he had a real estate investments yes he was okay. a land developer did real estate um so i luckily had somebody that was in my corner yeah but also very super successful i grew up in park city he started ojo bags like he was an entrepreneur and i watched him and what's so funny i go to buy my first comp or first that duplex and i was like dad can i co-sign with you and he goes no, i'm not gonna co-sign with you go figure out how to go get a loan he was like, hey, do you want to partner? So no, he didn't partner you. No. Yeah. But he also said, he taught me, he still drives a Camry to the seven days, the millionaire That's next sick. door kind of guy. He That's still sick. shops. At D- he showed up one day wearing this nice Arcteric coat. And he's like, he's like, Sam, I got this new coat, the DI. You like it? I was like, dad that's a 300 dollars coat and he goes no it isn't <laughs> okay you guys like no what i was like there's no way you would have bought that really? like he's still cheap as hell like which there's some elements to not being cheap yeah but what's interesting is the principles in which he taught in the sense of like build a foundation take this for what it's worth you know save for the rainy day like i was taught correct principles from a young age that I think a lot of people weren't ever really taught finance because their parents are making 50 to 100 grand. Yeah. And so they're just coming from a place of like, oh my gosh, I just made three times what my parents made. And they don't, nobody's been in their corner to like say, I've made a ton, lost a ton, made a ton, or I've invested. Like they're living a paycheck to paycheck. And so no one's really been in their corner to say, hey, let me help you. Where I luckily had my dad that was like, dude, you're making a lot of money. And I remember on my mission, and he's like, hey, you didn't pay your taxes. I'm like, taxes? What's that? Like, yeah, when you're 1099, you got to file your own taxes. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so as you've started, though, because now that you have over 100 doors, like that's a pretty serious portfolio. So you've had to grow your investment knowledge. So where have you done that? Has it been with your dad or have you gone to courses or hired coaches or All how of have them. you grown? Okay. All of them. I've gone to real estate seminars and events, bought in courses, read books, and dad, gotten partners you know investor like scenarios where you get with people that you trust that are in the real estate sector that's like a full-time thing yeah and that's their full-time investing in real estate not realtor that's a totally different thing totally real estate investor that says i make all my money in real estate investing yeah and say let me put my money with you and then you teach me what you're doing and hang with those guys yeah like for me i'm like cool i don't want to be knocking doors forever yeah and i think a lot of people like they they have to knock doors forever because they didn't do what i did and I took the risk. I didn't take a paycheck for a year and a half when I started my own business. And a lot of people don't see that grind of a year and a half and just freaking blood, sweat, and tears trying to be an entrepreneur and get something that didn't exist off the ground. And had I not had real estate and a side cushion, there's no way I would have no had the way. confidence to go and leapfrog out of this industry like I did. Like, 100%. The advice I have is like for people that want to go start a company, get financial freedom or at least some type of income coming in other than that business. Because you're, you're going to operate so much out of scarcity, totally. which is going to make you make dumb decisions, yeah. play small if you don't have money and you're going to go try to be some entrepreneur. Even if you don't want to, just due to the nature of the system, it's going to force you into that scarcity. It's just yeah. so hard. So. Get some good investments under your belt. You talked about the partners, the courses, the mentors, your dad. What's been the most helpful for you, do you think, in your investment journey? Um, I think partnerships, like okay. in the sense of like, you know, when I bought those first fourplexes, um, it, it was like, you know, Steve um, approaches me and says, hey, we're building these fourplexes and vineyard. Um, here's the model. You know, the construction loan looks like this. You need this much down. And in two years or three years, you can turn around and sell them. And, da, 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 da. and he shows it to me. And I was like, I like you. I energetically feel like you're not trying to like freaking sell me on some dumb thing. Cause there yeah. are those people. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll buy one. And then that worked out. He's like, Hey, look, these are already worth this much. And I was like, okay, I'll buy two more. <laughs> so, um, but like then I made sure every time he hosted a dinner, Every time he hosted it, I did a podcast with him. I was on his podcast. I did a podcast with him. I went to lunch. I went to dinners with him. I, he hosted little like investor meetings and events. And I was like, oh, I'll be there. 
And like, he's like, Sam, I love that you come to my stuff. I'm like the youngest, like punk little kid with all these older dudes. And then at those events, I'd be like, hey, I'm Sam. Like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a real estate investor. I have thousands of doors. I'm like, I'm just trying to get my second fourplex. Like, hey. Yeah. And he's like, oh, really? How old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm like 23. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, wow, how'd you get this much? I'm like, oh, I do door-to-door sales. They're like, oh, door-to-door sales? <laughs> like, you know, or like my dad has a super real, real estate guru friends. And he was like, hey, we're going to get these mobile home parks. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. This was like eight years ago. So I'm like, Dad, like, can you just like make sure that you at least send me the emails of what's going on and prospectuses? And then I was like, will you explain like what the freaking cap rate means and what the freaking internal rate of returns are and your burn rates and your and I was like, I don't know what all these terms are. Like, just tell me what those numbers <laughs> like mean. I'm just making money. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so then I would just pay attention to when he would explain it, and then I'm like, all right, here's my hundred grand, or here's my five hundred grand, or here's my whatever, and I'd be like, cool, but just don't like. Keep me in the dark. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. And that was the fastest way to learn was through doing, That's cool. not just like watching and sitting on the sideline. Yeah. Out of all your investments that you've done, what's been your favorite? Out of small companies, software, real estate, crypto? Um, I'm hoping this one that next month I get paid out on. I did this business funding okay. where the guy was like, hey, you give me money and then in six months, I'll give you a 30% return on every six months and you get your money back. So if you put a hundred grand, I'll give you 130 grand in six months. I was like, oh, that's cool. And he just goes and reconsolidates debts to small businesses and okay. I don't know what he does. Yeah. So I put in like a couple hundred grand and so hopefully that comes back. I'm Probably like, damn, yeah, every six sense. months, 30, 60% on your money, just like, and having it like accessible. Yeah. I was like, that's a cool play. Um, crypto was really cool. <laughs> When, says all of us. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, I put a lot of money into that. And I made a lot of money still. Like I got in early enough to where yeah. I was like well before the wave. So I'm grateful for that. But it was not as cool now as it used to be. Like for there sure. were days where you're like, I made a hundred grand today. You're like, what's up another 500 grand? You're just like, fuck. Like, you're like, I'm a billionaire. Just like, and then some of those coins that I had that were like at 200 bucks, they're like, 15 cents right now and you're just like so that's like one thing like don't put all your eggs in your basket i think a lot of people in the door sales chase the crypto game and i can guarantee you a lot of them are sitting there in a way worse position than i am totally one because they chase the hype after too late two they are like well why would i put money in anything else other than this you're getting like 300 percent return a month like what like look at this and i'm like okay take a warren buffett approach guys like if it's too good pigs get fat hogs get slaughtered yeah. like like it's not sustainable like yeah so just be diversified and smart. What are you working on now? Like, what are you really excited about that's coming up in your life? Expand, which is something I haven't talked about, but it's close enough to where I can like bring it up. So for Sweet. the last year, I've been developing an app um, that will literally disrupt leadership and coaching strategies. So it's a human development system to help manage goal setting, tracking, communication, um, learning management, to assignment and project management, to achievements, rewards, gamification. It's freaking badass. Like, it's like... Every manager that's like setting up Zoom calls, then doing a goal setting one on one with the rep, writing it in their notes, and then like sending a prompt or group me messaging, yeah. and then saying, watch my video, and then like, hey, do this thing. And then they're like, no follow up and accountability to it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it solves like six softwares and puts it into one and like gives a simple, easy playbook on how to really change, uh, how to give good proper leadership training and structure. So you've just seen the need for that as you're going around consulting with all these other companies. Yeah, after I mean I've consulted over 250 companies where I've gone to their offices every week I'm at two to three different states and I've coached and worked with tons of high level people down to like new reps and stuff like that and I'm yeah. just like there's no good framework and just seeing how business owners, how leaders, how managers are like yeah, go get it, dude. And it's like a bunch of rah, rah. And they think that they're just going to like scale a company with no actual KPI tracking and accountability. Like I'm like, let's, let's systemize this and let's actually put a scoreboard to not only just my sales and revenue numbers, but to how often am I going to the gym? How often am I reading, meditating, like building an ecosystem to where, I mean, it has phases, but my goal is to disrupt the, and revolutionize the education system in the, on a global scale. And I know that sounds crazy, but like, I just went to Guatemala and I'm like, dude, like we have technology and access to resources and online with COVID and stuff like that. Like how do we just like kind of like the blockchain, but like decentralized learning and make it to where humans can self-regulate their curriculum, but also have that validated in the job and employment sectors. 
there's actually a couple of us that talk about this pretty often. Are you passionate about a certain grade level? It goes from or elementary all, all the way up. So I have a nonprofit I started called Street Smarts, okay. where we started educating. I partner with the DECA high school programs here in Utah and also in uh, Ohio. And we've, I just spoke at like their conference with like 2,000 students and been entrepreneur judging all their tournaments and stuff. But it's like, I'm super passionate about educating entrepreneurship and young hustlers, street smarts, not the shit you learn in the book smarts, but. 100%. And like, so there's an element of, I just watch these younger generations, like even homeschooling, like my kids are about to start homeschooling. And I'm like, okay, but like what ensures that they actually are learning and what contents and what components go into homeschooling? And there's like curriculums and stuff, but like, for me, I was like, how do they actually carry that forward, not only into just the schooling and curriculum of educational, like ecclesiastical, but where's the personal development side of that? Teaching habit tracking, teaching fitness and mental health and combining that element. So what we're doing is going to industry experts, influencers, all these people that have curriculums, courses, buy my shit, whatever, yeah. and trying to say, hey, this is a free ecosystem that people can self-regulate and like pull data from everywhere and build AI curriculums that self-regulate, but then what's interactive with the actual instructor, not just uh, watch my stuff on YouTube and comment. Yeah. It's like, hey, let me be your expert or your, your coach or trainer, and we can talk and I can give assignments and track your progress. You can share that through like a social sharing and yay. And like, it's like basically celebrating the human development element of life. And That's sick. So that the new app's called Expand. It's called Expand. I'm stoked on that. It's when pretty, does it come out? Uh, this fall. Sweet. So, I, yeah, I've been, like, super lay low just because I'm, yeah. like... That's like a it, huge undertaking. It's a big undertaking, and there's, like, a, it's got a cool one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year plan, and there's some cool people behind it, and I'm, like... I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I get scared saying this, but I'm, like, telling you it's going to, like, disrupt education. Like, it will be – it's been needed, and every time you talk about the public education system, everybody goes, oh, I hate the public education. It's For like, sure. well, then we're going to do something about it. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you get more people that have high influence that want to help train and educate and reconstruct how their people and their students and their college and their experience and, and, and community and tribes. It's like, why don't we just bring like-minded people into their right communities and then let them – go and expand their life in the way that they want to. That's awesome. This kind of changing gears a little bit, but you were talking about how two to three times a week you're on the road, different States, different companies. How do you keep a schedule and a routine when you're in constantly new environments? I've had to adapt and a great book on this is elastic habits. Okay. So there's a book that he wrote called mini habits. And then he wrote a sequel called elastic habits. And it was all about creating um, elasticity around your habits, around, you know, you could have a mini, a plus, and an elite habit, meaning your 20-minute version or two-minute version to your two-hour version being the, the elite. And I found that there's just certain elements in my life that I need to check off every day, no matter what, no matter when it happens. So what it's are like those? fitness, mindset, like mental visualization, reading. And so for me, I'm like, okay, as long as I can get my, oh, and journaling, like I'm an avid journaler. And planning. <laughs> so, shoot. I was like, yeah, you're right. So I carry a planner around. It's a physical planner. Yeah. I'm very particular on planning every day. So so my morning routine, I could walk through it. Uh, it's like I wake up, I do breath work, and I, I meditate, and then I go out and I um, do like a hike in my backyard if I'm here. Well, if I'm not, I can't go on a hike, and I'm probably like in a hurry to get somewhere. So I wake up, I meditate, and then I read, I journal, and then I go out and work out. And then usually right before I get to start the day, I set – five minutes and I plan out my day. So what are my main battles? Yeah. I think and so you like doing that on paper. Yeah. I'm a pen and paper, yeah. but it's called a Neo smart pen. Okay. So what's cool is it actually, it's pen that tracks everything that you write into your planner. So then you can access it anywhere on your phone. Oh, that's right. So it digitizes it to be much more like, it's pretty rad. So I can come here and it's already been recording what I wrote today. So if I do need to digitally access it, I can. So like, I'm a, I'm a pen and paper journaler, pen and paper planner, Yeah, but I like that it digitizes my planner. So you have the best of both worlds because you can still access it anytime. Yeah, but I'm a huge believer of mindfulness, like meditation, and, and I, there's like six different ways that I do that, whether that's a visualization exercise or just a grounding, forget the world exercise, like just drop into your breath to guided, you know what I mean? There's variations of that that I like to play with, and then, yeah, I'm I'm like avid amongst the routine, even though if I'm in Guatemala or like last week I was in Guatemala, Vegas, Dallas, and here. 
Wow. Like, I and mean, you feel like you have it down no matter where you're at, you have that routine. Yeah. Cause I kept making excuses. Like I was like not being able to be fit. Right. Like I'm like, I look just fine. Like yeah. I know how to eat where I want to go and how to f- work out. Like I literally just started a B gate challenge. So Sunday I get home from freaking Dallas and I was like, Oh, when am I going to get my workout in? So I literally did lunges from the B gates all the way to baggage claim. It was a mile no and a way. half of lunges. No way. <laughs> and I was like, got oh, my legs in my legs are dying still today. It's like, but I was just like, why not? Like I'm here. So I figured like I was That's literally cool. doing yoga. It's like, yeah, you have an hour layover. So why not do yoga? And people look at you and they're like, who's this guy? And I'm like, yeah, you should be doing effing yoga. Who's the guy doing yoga? It lunges in the effing, like in the terminal. And then they're all like, I would never do that. Wow, that's kind of, uh, yeah, it's weird, but that's kind of inspiring. Like I had so many people come into like, you could do it. And I'm like sweating my balls <laughs> off, like ready to freaking pass out. But yeah. I was like, I was like, I hopefully inspired somebody in there. And I was like, what a fight against obesity. Yeah, I'm doing it in a public space. Yeah, it's not a gym, but I'm getting it in. That speaks to adaptability. Like almost anybody I know that's been successful, they've had to adapt. Yeah. And that just shows a very high level of adaptability. Adventure runs are also great. You're in a different state and you just make sure you got your tennis shoes and you just go get lost in a neighborhood. Or you're, just cool. like, you're just like, where am I? Like, oh, just get just, in the neighborhood. Just go like, run. <laughs> yeah. But it also allows you to see like the local things there, yeah. right? And that's usually the sickest part about traveling. Yeah. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on, man. I've loved it. This has been awesome. Thank you guys. You guys have a great company. I just want to throw that out there. Like, and I work with a lot of companies and a lot of leaders and just to work with you and Hunter and others. I think a lot of people need to like recognize and be appreciative of like the opportunity. You know what I mean? I think people in this industry get so entitled and they don't see the behind the scenes. Like the fact that you guys have a company headquarters, you're building a new one, you do a podcast, you care, you have software, yeah. you have training, you have, you know, resources. I think a lot of people are just like, make me money. And you could tell you actually have like a real, like anybody I talk to that talks about you, is like, dude, Brandon's a freaking man. He's like the ultimate leader, the ultimate man. So just to let you know, Thanks. there's been so that. many people I've asked about you and like only raving reviews. Yeah, well, I feel the same about you. So I've been looking forward to this. So thank you so much. Thank you.